1: Hey, Santa, you could win in Apco's Cash for Chrissy competition. That's right, Apco Joe. There's 1K to brighten your day. And 1K to give away to a mate for Christmas. Apco's Cash for Chrissy. On now at Apco. (laughs) Ho, 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 ho.
2: The sporting capital with Sam Hargraves on SEM. Uh, it's a Monday night. We always ask you who were the heroes and who were the villains from the weekend in sport. And Matt Rendell will run his eye over the semifinals and we'll take a look ahead to the preliminary finals this weekend. Uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to the Sporting Capital, 1300 736 736. Give us a call on the Harcourts open line. You'll move your Harcourts. Uh, and you can text in at any stage, 0433 98 11 The 40 Winks temper text. Get to you your unique bed match profile and find the right bed for you. 40 Winks, serious about sleep. Um, A couple of little bits and pieces before we get into heroes and villains. Uh, The coaches' votes are in from uh, round three of AFL W7. Uh, The Dogs are with a three-point win over Fremantle. Um, Kirsty Lamb got the ten votes in that one. Gab Newton got the seven. uh, For Adelaide and North Melbourne, which ended up in a 14-point Adelaide win, Chelsea Randall and Danielle Ponta uh, shared the seven votes in that one. Jazzy Garner got the six for North Melbourne. In the first battle of the bridge between the Swans... And the Giants. It was a sixty-five to eighteen win for the Giants. Alice Parker got the eight votes. Alicia Eva um, and Nicole Bar and Nicola Barr, all Giants players, um, eight, five, and five respectively. Um, Cats and pies, uh, which ended up uh, with Collingwood getting a four-point win. Um, Georgia Prasparkas from the Cats got the eight votes. George Allen got six. Olivia Fuller got the five for the Cats. Rebecca Webster and Amy McDonald both had three for the Cats, even though Collingwood uh, ended up winning that one. More Geelong players in the coaches' votes. Uh, Brisbane, dominant. Just another massive, massive win from them. Um, 12-10-82 they kicked. Uh, So Swamp Thing, uh, uh, I saw one of his stats on Twitter They're the only team to have scored over 200 points in the first three games of an AFLW season. The next best was the Dockers in 2019, who had 177. So uh, that is very impressive. And Ali Anderson is a star. She got the nine votes. Uh, Emily Bates, last year's uh, League Best and Fairest winner, got the seven votes. Jesse Wardlaw kicked four and got four votes. Phoebe Monaghan and Cathy Svark got four votes for the Lions as well. Uh, Carlton and Port Adelaide in the draw. Hannah Ewing's. Port Adelaide had the nine votes. Karen Peterson, who's um, just redeployed as a winger and looks like she's been doing that her whole career, got the nine votes. Um, Abby McKay, of course, uh, Carlton Royalty, the McKay name, uh, got five votes. St Kilda and Melbourne. Uh, Melbourne with a 26 point win over the Saints. Lauren Pierce, um, the. Uh, Melbourne Ruck got the eight votes, along with Eliza West from the D's as well. Olivia Purcell got the six, Kate Haw the four, Richmond and the Hawks. Richmond with a pretty comfortable thirty-five point win over Hawthorne. Moncon got the ten votes uh, in that game for the Tigers. Eagles and Essendon. Eagles have won. Uh, Essendon have won three. Um, have won two out of their first three. Uh, going very nicely. Uh, West Coast four eight thirty two. Essendon thirteen six eighty four. Uh, Stephanie Wales got uh, kicked three goals in the first half, got the nine votes with Maddie Prasparkas, uh, the former Blue and former League medal winner. Uh, she got nine votes as well. The leaderboard, Jazzy Garner from North on 26, equal with Maddie Prasparkas from the Bombers on uh, 26. And she's just one vote clear of her sister, Georgie Prasparkas from the Cats on 25. Uh, a couple off the texts I didn't get to in the Mackers run um talking about jared berry steve couple of questions from steve haven't you got a tv no ham it's nothing but an eye gouge mate you're in dreamland uh are you related to jared berry mate those are two texts from steve uh my view is that there's just no way you can look at what jared berry did and say that that was intentional that he intentionally tried to eye gouge or rake the eyes of clayton oliver you just can't definitively say that it was intentional um off the text, I blame the the footy media, the footy mafia, for pushing the Berry incident. Uh, off the text, I don't barrack for either. A lot of Brisbane supporters talking uh, instigation. If you want to talk instigation, Berry's only job was to tag Oliver, annoy him, push him, hit him in the chest off the ball. His main focus was Oliver and not the ball. Well, he did have more disposals than Oliver, so I don't know if that's exactly true. Um, he actually won that contest in a head-to-head manner. Uh, those actions instigated Oliver's frustration. He's lucky Oliver is the type of player he is, trying try doing that to Maynard and see how Berry goes. So that text is saying that because Jared Berry did something that happens in every single game, which is tagging a player, then Oliver's response to that was justified, but Berry's response to Oliver's response was not justified. If I'm reading that correctly, and you'll correct me if I'm wrong on that. Uh, these idiots blaming Oliver are delusional, has come through off the text. Uh, why wasn't Oliver cited for rough play in the incident with Barry? Off the question mark uh, next to that. And about the Garriere's medal, Sam, unless you're dusty, the Garriere's medal is a curse because the other three winners have played in a losing grand final. That's from in Seaford. Some nice stats. Uh, Sammy H, loving the summary of the day's discussion from all the SN experts. So excited for the prelim finals week. I'm tipping lions and pies with my heart, but swans and cats with my head. Uh, That's from Michael in Murrubark. Uh, surely the coach of the year is John Longmire. Finals again. Let's talk about Collingwood in 10 years and see how many finals we are a little ahead of ourselves. Collingwood, that's from Jeff in Northcote. Jeff, it was, if it was the coach of the last decade, I made the point earlier that I think Craig McRae is the coach of the year. No team has come from further back in one season to get to a preliminary final in the next. That's a swamp thing. Another great tweet from him. The only reason why you would want to have a Twitter account is to make sure that you can read his phenomenal work. Um, incredible stats that he throws up um, each and every day. So the, the point I made was he was the coach of the year. If we're talking coach of the decade, uh, then, yep, John Longmire's in that. Um, or the last the coach of the last 10 years, because we're in a relatively new decade now. Coach of the last 10 years, yes, John Longmire's in that. Over the last 10 years, though, Geelong have won more games than any other team. So Chris Scott would be in that conversation. Obviously, Alistair Clarkson as well, given that in the last 10 years, he won three flags in a row. But I was just talking about coach of this year. Um, but I love John Longmire. He's that the turnaround in in the Swans over the last couple of years from where they were two seasons ago to where they are now is absolutely worthy of kudos to horse. Um, On the siege warfare mentality with the catapult and whatnot, I won't go through it again. Some people weren't a big fan of it. Uh, But Greg was. Love the analogy. Brisbane tearing down the walls, busting through the front gate. Geelong to surrender on Friday. So there's just a few of your texts. 0433 98 uh, eleven sixteen. And villains, fans yelling out during the minute silence for the Queen in the NRL match over the weekend was disrespectful. That often happens in NRL. There's always a bit of chatter that goes on and someone yelling out during an NRL game. I had someone say once that when it comes to a sporting event, uh, Greg Martin, who I used to work with uh, in Brisbane, former um, Wallabies fullback, used to always say that if you're going to pay respect to someone at a sporting event, don't do a minute silence, do a minute ovation. Because then you won't have the one or two idiots that ruin it. You'll just have people up on their feet, standing ovation, round of applause to pay their respects. I like that. I think that makes more sense to me at a sporting event. one 736 736 433 98 Now that we're up to speed on all your texts, let's get into uh, this, which we do uh, on a Monday night. And then a hero comes
1: along with the strength to care.
3: Just put
2: Heroes and Villains, one 736 736 Straight away, villain nomination for me. Thank you for pointing this out on the text. Last 10 years, coach of the last 10 years, it was just off the top of our head that we were doing that. Uh, But I did miss Damien Hardwick, and that is unforgivable, Andy. You're 100% right. Three flags in four years, including a back-to-back and a prelim in the other year. You're 100% right. So an early Villain nomination for me, I you, I have no argument. I can only just apologise to you, the Richmond faithful, to Damien, his family, his friends. Absolutely, if you were doing a coach of the last 10 years, Damien Hardwick would be right up there as well. Um uh, off the text, Gary, Sam, don't discount Don Pike's influence at Sydney. Absolutely, um, what he's done to the offensive side of uh, the offensive side of Sydney's game has been absolutely phenomenal. He's been a very astute acquisition. I spoke about that last year. That how much I admire John Longmire for. Realising that maybe there was a, a someone that said to me before that had managed it was a, a had been an executive, a lifelong executive, and um, had been in very successful companies, and he said the secret to me having the longevity I have is I understand the things that I'm good at, and the un- and, and I understand the things that I need help with, and the things I need help with, I go about finding people to work with me that are better in those areas than I am, and I always thought about that when I thought about John Longmore. He's a fantastic coach, he's a premiership winning coach, but maybe he said. The offensive side of things. I need someone who just can spend more time on that tactically than me, um, and might be able, might be a, you know a little bit more astute in that area, whatever it might have been. But he went out and found that person, and I think that shows great self awareness. It's maturity. It's you know it putting your ego aside and going, how can we be better? Um, yeah, I absolutely love that John Longmire had that level of insight and and an ability to holistically look at what they were doing and say, okay, maybe I need some help. In that area, and he went about and got it, and the proof's in the pudding. I mean, the evidence is there for all to see. So that's a great hero nomination as well. I think we have to give Kane Corns, don't we? The um, I think we have to give Kane Corns the first hero nomination. He's setting, he set off on Sunday on his run from Adelaide to Melbourne, uh, raising money for My Room, which um, goes about getting funds uh, for kids and their families with kids who are battling cancer. So it's a phenomenal cause. It's an extraordinary pursuit to try and undertake. Um, It's if that's not worthy of a hero nomination, then I don't know what is. Um, Say what you want about Kane and his opinions on the game, but to put himself through that to try and help um, people who are going through much worse, I just think that's a a beautiful thing, uh, a courageous thing, um, a generous thing, and I don't have enough superlatives to probably do it justice. So a hero nomination for Kane uh, straight off the bat – um, I had someone text through before <laughs> saying hero nomination Nick Rewalt for being brave enough to wear the turtleneck again <laughs> on Friday night I think he looked good he looked like he was about to be in a heist movie though rue it was ve- I thought it was very dapper looks very debonair in the 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 crossover trench with the with the turtleneck dressed for the conditions looked very sort of European chic I liked it um one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three 98 I'm going to give... I'll tell you who I'm going to give a hero nomination to. I'm going to give a hero nomination to Jack Ginevan. So, Jack Ginevan, last week, I think unfairly again, we all... Everybody ganged up on him again, uh, pilloried for a whole week for an incident that, again, I look at it, and maybe it's me, I look at it and think, yeah, I can see why Danger... Danger, Paddy Dangerfield was worried about the position his arm was in, but again... I don't think there was any intent from Jack Ginnivan to apply a chicken wing tackle. He was just trying to stop a much bigger and stronger man get up off the ground with the ball. He grabbed his arm in the, the sort of the handcuff hole, which we've seen people do. Then a second player comes in and gets in Paddy's back as he's trying to get up off the ground, which forces him to go forward, the arm to go back. I don't think there was any intent in it at all. But again, because it's Jack Ginnivan, we wanted to just beat this kid into a pulp. I think we're more than happy for things to be done to him. Allah la Zach Toohey. I love Zach Toohey. We all love Zach Toohey, which is probably why no one raised an eyebrow. No one had any issue with Zach Essentially, Zach Toohey essentially grabbing Ginevan in a headlock, driving him into the ground um, in like a crusher tackle sort of motion, which I find is much more dangerous than a chicken wing any day of the week. But nobody had a problem with that. Nobody had a problem with, you know, the multitude of headlocks and punches and 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 and, and rough treatment that he cops week in, week out. But the moment that he even accidentally does something to someone, we all pile in on top of him. Now, how does a player like that, 19 years of age, in, in front of the, in, ahead of the biggest game of their career, how do they respond? Well, the first thing he did on the Friday night was go up and watch his sister, Captain Castlemaine, uh, to a Central Victoria Women's Footy League grand final. Uh, getting out there at halftime and three-quarter time and, and helping rev her up and support her. Um, and then he went out and kicked three goals um, on the biggest stage of all in front of about 90,000 people kicked the first goal of the game and, and was, it was really important for that win. Uh, that's, I think that speaks volumes about his character to not have let that all pile in on top of him. Probably speaks volumes to the support network that he's got at the Pies as well, but I'll give that a hero nomination. To cop what he copped last week, and I think unnecessarily and unfairly, and to respond in the manner that he did, uh, I just think that was sensational. And this was Nathan Buckley speaking about Jack Ginneman today.
1: I sent my mum and dad to, with, with my tickets to go and watch the game on Saturday, and mum sent me this text at 9.46. Just love Ginevan. He reminds me of you at the same age. The joy he takes in the game. Now, my mum's watched a lot of footy, mm. and she very rarely makes a comment about foot, about footy or players. But I think that's what you see. You see in Ginevan a player who he plays with his heart on his sleeve, and I reckon the reason he gets so much attention both from media, opposition players and focus is, one, he's, he plays it on the edge. But he has to win the ball. Every time he's in forward 50, he has to win the ball before he's in a situation where he might get a high or he might get a free kick or he finishes. He's been doing that consistently. Last year he came in the club and he was green. He was, and, and he wasn't fit, and he worked and worked and worked. You can see he didn't have the capacity. But mm-hmm. in the VFL, there was one in particular time, and uh, it would have been mid, just before midway through the year, and he had about a five or six effort pressure efforts, and he basically coughed up a lung. He came to the bench, and you could, and this was early in the second quarter, and he was gassed. Yeah, but he just found a way to work himself through it. We should never be surprised why we see. Players pop up. He doesn't have to have more than five or six touches to have an impact in the game, because he's because he's um, he's a surgeon with his finishing, and he plays with such energy. So, I, Steve, you'll enjoy what he's doing, and I think we all should celebrate it rather than find the negative yeah. in it.
2: Love that from Nathan Buckley. Couldn't agree more. So, a hero nomination for Jack Ginnivan. I've got several more that I want to get away from the weekend's footy and the weekend sport as well, including Aaron Finch. Um, for the way that he's handled his exit from the one-day arena, uh, Aussie cricketers as well. If you've got a hero, if you've got a villain, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Bruno in Geelong, you'll be first cab off the rank after this. I am Listening to the sporting capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, heroes and villains on a one-day uh, on a Monday night. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Bruno's in Geelong. Bruno, who's your hero this week?
3: Sam, I actually want to second your nomination. Um, look, I'm the Cats fan, but I really like Jack Guinevan. There's not enough characters in the game, and I really I admire Craig McRae for letting him be the character that he is. Yep. And also, another one, if I could, Yeah. the Collingwood Army.
2: Mate,
3: yeah. I'll, I'll, they're amazing, mate. And look, that song that they've written, uh, look, it wouldn't have taken a whole lot to write that song, their chant, but I love hearing it. <laughs> And I'd love to see him in the grand final against Geelong. I'd love him to get the chant going only to fall over at the finish line and Geelong get up.
2: Love it, Bruno. Um, Look, um... I, yeah, I, I still I, I still think that Geelong are the team to beat, although Sydney, something's drawing me to them. And I did pick Brisbane to, to win at the start of the year. And um, I just think it's madness now to try and write Collingwood off because every time you do, they keep winning. So I am none the wiser, really, uh, about how this uh, preliminary final weekend is going to go. All I know is that I think it's going to be one to remember. And I think it's going to be thoroughly enjoyable and entertaining, which is, at the end of the day, all we can really ask for. Uh, Nick in Hopper's Crossing. Uh, G'day, Nick. Yeah, hey, good evening. How you going, Sam? Good, mate. What have you got for me, hero or villain? Yeah, well, first of
3: all, I'd like to put a villains, plural. Sure. we would have to get to Melbourne Football Club of their fade-outs or during the season, having 10, 10 wins in the trot, then then winning six out of the next eight, and and in straight sets, bowing out. The fade-out, the whole the whole club, I'll, I'll blame the coach also for not um, making any moves, changing the system a little bit differently, which Brisbane have in the last couple of weeks. So... Hundred percent good for the for, for the coach there, Fagan. Hundred percent agree with that one, and also with this saga going on with um, what, what is what's his name Jackson? That must have play on on the um, club as well in the background, and also a bit of a, a bit of a tussle or fight or whatever you want to call it between May and um another guy there early on Melchor. the season as well. That yep. could could have added, yeah, that could melt could have added to the situation as well, and plus there. A lot of players are carrying injuries, like, like you can see, and the, and the play that's yeah. the, the main thing. With my, um, with my, um, what is it? Hero. The hero. It's it's out of the, out of the football. It's in the cricket. Actually, I'm going to go back to the um, 50 50 over one day game yesterday with um, Smith. Steve Smith scoring that century. He's playing well, like like he was playing before. He's got he's got his form back, and, and being Finch's um, last game, so that's a good tribute then, and that helped uh, the Australian side win that one-day series, so there's a positive there, and um, another gripe I've got a little bit is um, the AFL scheduling the two um, um, prelim finals on the night. I'm not, I'm not really 100% with that. Hopefully that might change it next season, but I don't think it would happen next season, so probably Nick, when the yeah. new um, new um, Agreement with the, with their with the.
2: yeah that's in two years the broadcast deal so one's a night game and the other one's a twilight game at four thirty and that's for the travelling team to be able to get back with in plenty of time be able to get back that night thorough Nick plenty of thought going into it and I greatly appreciate it um, I, I, I think Melbourne yeah, injuries played a part I think all the things that you mentioned played a part in where their season got to but oh, I think Simon Goodwin's a very good coach um, you know Richmond couldn't back up 2017 with a back-to-back win but they went away they tinkered they brought people in Tom Lynch and um, then they won two in a row after that I've got no doubt that Melbourne could come back next year and go bang bang again they've got elite elite talent uh, on that list but again it's just a little tinkering and a little change and sometimes you need luck to go your way with injuries uh, I think Petrarca is a hero nomination for just playing under the duress that he would have and and playing as well as he did um, I think Jared Berry's a hero nomination for his performance. Uh, so, too, Eric Hipwood. I love what Darcy Fort did. He kicked that goal, which was so crucial, but the tackle on May was just so. Um, he could be the third brother, Darcy Fort. Um, he could sit alongside uh, John C. Riley and Will Ferrell. Um, but what he did was step in for their best ruck, and, and he had an impact. So, too, did Tom Fullerton uh, in that game. We mentioned a few of the other Brisbane players. Dave Mundy is coming through a hero nomination for him. And I think that's absolutely um, valid and, and, and one that we should be celebrating a phenomenal career. eighth all all-time games played for him will power hero nomination Aaron Finch for the way that he has gracefully stepped down. His career, by the way is third most one day international centuries. He's played actually 140 less than Adam Gilchrist, who I think was the best one day international batter I saw, but he scored one more ton. So Finchy, phenomenal career, phenomenal captain and we owe him a debt of gratitude to his service to the game. Back with Matt Rendell after this. You're listening to the Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, keep your heroes and villains nominations coming through. zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen The 40 Wings Temper Text. Consumers Choice Winner. Temper mattresses, pillows, and adjustable bases conforms to the exact shape of your body. You can ring it in. one 736 736. The Harcourt's Open Line. Your move, your Harcourts, your heroes, and your villains from the weekend in sport. I've still got a couple more up my sleeve, but this man's been very good. Uh, every week uh, gets on the phone uh, to talk about uh, the round of footy that we've just had the pleasure of going through. Um, we had a couple of phone issues last week, so I asked him to do me another favour, and that was actually come in to the studio, which he's been good enough to do. Uh, Matt Rendell, hello, mate.
0: Uh, pleasure, Sammy. Uh, above and
2: beyond the call of duty, but um, uh, pleasure to be here. Oh, I thank you for being here. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what I thought we'd do is just go through the two games from the weekend. Mm-hmm. You can tell me where it was won and lost, and then uh, we'll have a look at what's next. But I, Brisbane Friday night, so I, I thought that take... That took something very special
1: mm. for them
2: the double hoodoo. So, the hoodoo yeah. of the week before, the hoodoo of the ground itself for not having won there mm. uh, since 2014. Um, Jack Crisp was playing in that game. Oh, um, really? Colin, yeah. Um, and then the fact that Melbourne have beat them up all year um, in every facet um, and over 50 point wins both times. It's just It's it's just it's the first time they've won a week two final since 2004. Darcy Wilmot was eight months old.
0: Mm, amazing. It's and a swamp I, thing responsible a, for a, those stats a, as well. It's amazing that uh, that stat we found out during the year. No one would have had any idea of that that Melbourne had, uh-huh. uh, Brisbane had
2: such a poor record. The so nobody gave them a chance to win except mm. themselves. Um, all the talk about the complexity of their game plan. They don't have enough gears. They're tactically not um, sharp enough. Melbourne kicked 3-6 before they get their first goal, I yeah. think it was, and, and, and I was sitting there and I just looked at the beautiful Evie and said, oh, I think it's over. Well, I was there live,
0: Sammy. I was in the TAB box. Oh, hello. Because uh, uh, <laughs> a mate of mine got an invite. You um, mm. must bet a lot with them. Um, Responsibly, of it, course. And it, was, and it was full of uh, Brisbane people and one of the person that was in there was Jordan Lyle. Uh, Is that right? Who who was on Brisbane's list for six years.
2: Yeah. Um, Went to Hawthorne.
0: So he he did state, I'm not um, speaking out of turn, but he did state, he still speaks to Brisbane people. Yep. Still speaks to Dane Zorko. And Dane Zorko said, if we're close enough at halftime, we're going to run over the top of them. But you couldn't see that from the game that they played up in Brisbane where they got absolutely smashed and they didn't give a yelp. I couldn't work out what Brisbane team that was that night, playing for a spot in the top four, Sammy, they, their pressure was nowhere near what it was when they played Carlton up there. Remember when they... No. Oh, they went at Carlton. Yeah. And I'll go, well, they were just timid against Brisbane up there for a place in the top four. um, And it looked like it was heading the same way, didn't it, for the first quarter and a half. Um, they were just doing as they, they wanted there and, and they just... As, as Bucks, I, I heard a few times, they just arrested a bit of the contested ball. It was just a change in. Yep. Um, they, then they were going forward. They couldn't really score. Uh, but they're still 22 points down at three quarter time. They made a great move, didn't they? Like the berry onto Oliver. Oliver was dominating. Yep. Gorn great early and then fought, clamped down on him. Did yep. a super job. Um, so they were close enough at half time. And they shouldn't have short- been. And they shouldn't have been. Uh, but that's what it, it happens. Two two grand finals in our memory uh, got lost because of poor kicking for goal. So mm. uh, North should have been that far in front against the Crows, and <laughs> at halftime and yep. lost the game. And the other one, of course, was uh, Geelong v Hawthorn. Hawthorne should have never won that flag. In well, just on yeah.
2: that, just on that, eleven of those behinds were actually Hawthorne deliberately rushing. <laughs> and walking them over in Brent Guerra. So that changes the equation. It but yes, still yeah. we, we digress.
0: Um, <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, they kicked poorly early. And then oh, Brisbane haven't been well, – or Melbourne have caved in a lot this year when teams are close enough. When they're close enough, they've caved in. Um,
2: Six-time they've given up a lead at half-time or three-quarter time. So,
0: so let's talk about Melbourne. Lose, yep. So let's talk about Melbourne. So – Uh, they had over the last two years what I considered to be the best strength and conditioning coach probably in the world. Mm. Darren Burgess, he's gone to the Crows uh, for family reasons. His understudy last year took over. So um, you know how much importance I put on the strength and conditioning, Sam. Um, But I will say, though, that they're five weeks behind when they started because they won the flag. So everyone who didn't make the finals and even the first... Team that tipped out the first week. Two teams tip out the first week. They were five weeks behind in their preparation. And I just wonder if that was a bit of an issue for them and players didn't turn up in good enough nick knowing that they were going to be five weeks behind because they were nowhere near as fit as they were when they won their premiership.
2: Goodwin was actually asked about that, whether he was asked whether the, um, if uh, the fitness was an issue. Oh, look, we'll dig into it. You know, we'll get... At the right time, we'll review everything within our program. You know, we feel like our players are certainly enough. Um, you know, and it's a you know, different year for us. You know, we knew heading into this year that expectation would be high. We knew that pressure around our footy club would be high, and that's why it's really challenging to be successful when you come off what we've come off. Um, and that's why not many teams do it. Um, so we've got to be able to deal with those situations, the pressure in games, second half in games, when things aren't perfect for us. Um, and we'll dig in, into all of our program about what that looks like. But, you know, we've got some vulnerabilities that we need to fix up.
0: Um, yeah, I think they they were nowhere near what they were. And you think, well, how come this, the new bloke, I can't think of his name, um, why doesn't he just follow the exact same preparation? But his preparation was five weeks behind, so he maybe had to um, yeah, change go some things yeah, to... Yeah, change a, but But... I know that the Richmond blokes and the Hawthorne blokes, when they're going back-to-back premierships, they came back in ripping, Nick. So they start training mm. really early. I don't know if the Melbourne blokes did,
2: the, Petrarca did that. Petrarca, did we know, didn't stop training.
0: Did, he was one. Yep. Uh, I'm tipping Oliver was pretty spot on and maxie oh, Gorn as well. you think but a so, wouldn't group, you? I yep. don't know. So when I look at Melbourne, I look, well, who improved this year? Now, they didn't come off a career best years, yep. like I do last year, but uh, Brown went backwards. McDonald, for injury-wise, Injury wise, went backwards. Yep. Yeah. Spargo wasn't as good. Uh, Neil Bullen wasn't as good. He was doing a lot of up and ground, down the ground stuff. And, and Jackson, inaccuracy
2: really cost him this yep. year. I, I don't have his numbers in front of me, but it was he and, kept a lot of behinds. And
0: Jackson was nowhere near as good. And he's the he's the kicker. Bowie was bloody outstanding at the end of last year. Mm. Bowie, sorry, Bowie was outstanding in yep. the end of last. He loses his. Roll mid year and doesn't basically doesn't come back in. Salem was excellent running off half back last year. Had an ordinary year with mainly because of injury again. Um, so here's what they ended up with possession wise from their defenders from the weekend. Salem eleven from a running back. Bowie doesn't play. Hibbert fourteen. Hunt a running back nine. Uh, Lever nine, and Rivers seven. They are very low stats. And Daniel Rich the, had, 30, had 30 running off
2: and, half back. Now, yes. a few of those kick-ins, we know, but...
0: Yeah, so they, I don't think they were anywhere near the nick they were the previous year, and you only have to be a few percent off. And so, so when you look at the top three of the top four teams, take Brisbane out, but you look at um, Swans, Geelong, Collingwood, they are on top of the ground mm. playing with massive pressure. And Melbourne did not have the pressure they applied last year. And what drops off when you're not as fit as you were, that, that, what you should be? Your pressure drops off. 16th, I think they finished up at yeah. uh, in the your competition. P- your pressure drops off because it's really hard to attack and defend. So uh, I think that's their issue this year. They'll fix it up in the off-season. Oh, I was
2: making the point in a very weird analogy that I won't go into again. <laughs> comparing uh, Siege Warfare and the development in that mm. to the development in the uh, entertainment era of footy. So you've got to go, you've got to attack, but it's the way in which you attack, the nuance with which, you know, to be unpredictable, to, to be targeted in the way that you do it, to be unpredictable in, in, in that sense. So Melbourne throw a heap of boulders in, um, they're third for inside 50s on average, but only sixth uh, for average goals. They rank ninth for inside 50 efficiency. So they throw a lot of boulders, but they mm. can't bring down a wall because it, there's no, it's not targeted. And so is that the area that Simon Goodwin will th- go away, focus on? Because you can see them coming back, and th- this group's still a premiership group. They could come back and do what Richmond did yeah, and win a couple so, more, but was so, that a ri- an issue for you, just their offensive yeah. tactical nows?
0: Yeah, well, yeah, if French and uh, it aside who were pretty good most of the year. Mm. Uh, you know, games where they, they didn't get involved. But when you're kicking it to Brown, Wiedemann, um Jackson, and they're not marking it, and they're not getting the ball on the ground, and they're not applying pressure, makes it very difficult for the, for the players. So they, what they didn't get, they didn't get their midfielders running through and kicking goals this year, did they? I mean, I don't... Off the top of my head, I don't think Petrarca and Oliver were as dominant. There certainly...
2: Petrarca, uh, inaccurate. Yes. So, didn't... Had a lot of... But, like, but, but, but he was still phenomenal, Petrarca, in score Harms, involvements, goal yeah. assists, inside fifty, yeah. So, he was still contributing oh, he, he, he majorly.
0: Was, he was holding a lot of it together, but Harms was nowhere near uh, his year. Langdon was still pretty good on the wing. I don't think he was as good as last year, but he was still pretty damn good. Brayshaw played more in the middle, bit of half-back. Then he came in the middle about halfway through. Um... They're still going to be hugely dangerous and they're going to have a better pre-season and they need to fix up uh, what they're going to do with their keys in there. Tom McDonald obviously
2: comes back in. Um, What would you do? And just focus on the... So defence, big tick, midfield, big tick. What would you do inside forward 50 with them? Who would you get or who would you promote? What would you do before we talk lines?
0: Well, the interesting one is obviously if Jackson goes, and it looks like Mm. he is going to go. And maybe his performances were down because he it's doing his head in that he has to Which go is to the understandable. club. understandable. Massive go, As a 21-year-old, he's yep. got to go to the club this week and tell them that he's going to Frio on a massive deal. And mm. then he turns up at Frio and he better play well if he's getting a million dollars for seven years, Sammy. Yep. So I could imagine it oh, was so doing... I,
2: I worry. I really worry I, about I, that. I Gerard imagine... Whateley speaks about the yeah. steps when you step through the contract mm. progression. His view is that they're missing two, at least, you know, one at the very least and maybe two steps in progressing him up because the expectation that will come... The, well, oh,
0: just uh, well, we said exactly the same thing about um, uh, the bloke who came from GWS to the Bulldogs. Uh, Tom Boyd. Tom Boyd. Yeah. Sorry, I, was, I was trying, couldn't think of. And and then I reckon all the
2: well uh, Bulldogs people are ecstatic <laughs> oh, they got <laughs> oh, the premiership he was, and he was huge, huge in it. He was huge. Um, so mm. the Van Ruyen is what we who we hear about. Yes. is it, you you're a, you're a you're a believer.
0: Yes, well, look, I saw him as a 16-year-old and really didn't see him in the 18th. So I saw him as a 16. I really liked him. I, I, he was a big-time runner and work ethic, which I loved in the 16s. Didn't get a heap of the ball, but he. I, I think he was playing with players that weren't quite good enough to give it to him. But he, he covered some ground. I said, I haven't seen a key forward cover that much ground since probably Nick Redwalt. Oh. So I saw. I watched uh, the ga- not all the game on the weekend, the VFL, and I like what I saw. So... He'll come in there. Uh, ben Brown's the interesting one. He's got uh, two years, two more years on a contract. Yeah. Uh, I think, has got at least one, maybe. Interesting two. Interesting about
2: Ben Brown is Ben Brown is mm. essentially just a taller Bailey Fritch because he's not a contested mark forward. Mm. But he, I think, at times he's actually played better than people give mm. him credit for mm. him throughout the year. But it, but essentially, Bailey Fritch is doing what Ben Brown did at North Melbourne as being the lead mm. up forward. Um, so it's an, again the mix is is a little interesting. Uh, it's, one that has improved and Foggs saying off the tech. Brayshaw had a phenomenal year. Yes. I thought it was you know yeah, he, he was he all the way but they put
0: him back in the midfield. But yeah. uh, look, it's a really interesting time for them. They've got all those inside mids. Uh, they sort of fixed up their outside runners, but um, yeah, I don't. Uh, I think they'll rebound next year. But um, you yeah, know they, they would have been really disappointed with that year.
2: All right, let's take a break, come back, uh, get you to talk a little bit about the lines before we dissect uh, Saturday night's game between Collingwood and Frio. Matt Rendell, our special guest on the Sporting Capital, SEN. You're listening to the Sporting Capital with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Matty Rendell, our special guest. Matty, before we move to Collingwood and Frio on Saturday night, just a word on what impressed you about Brisbane. Oh, everything to fight back from there and break
0: that hoodoo. um, Look... This really frustrates me. Why why isn't every club using a tagger every week? If I hear another coach say, we don't use a tagger because it upsets our team defence, I'm going off my head. Uh, It is the biggest crap line I've ever (laughs) heard in the history of football. (laughs) Jared Berry wins the game for Brisbane by taking Oliver out of it. Um, We saw Richmond arrogantly not tag Lockie Neal and he wins the game for Brisbane, um, we've seen the Swans use Clark as a forward tag, all well, not all year, about halfway during the year, yeah. and uh, Mills virtually as a run with, but not a tagger, but very responsible for his man mm. all year. Yeah. And look where they finished. I mean, it's just rubbish. Don't use taggers. The interesting thing is Collingwood, they don't use a tagger, but Pendlebury can often play on the best clearance person for the opposition, but then they go their own ways. They've never used one all year.
2: Just quickly, does Jared Berry get off at the tribunal? Can you look at that and unequivocally say that really, it was intentional?
0: i will really disappointed if he doesn't get off. You can't rub a bloke out for a preliminary final on that rubbish. Mm. God, give me a spell.
2: Um, Collingwood at yeah. Fremantle, Saturday night. So yep. um, it could have been over at quarter time and Collingwood yep. just couldn't kick accurately to put them away. Uh, and Fremantle just, for some reason, decided to slow play I'm still trying to get my head around that. What, what did you make of, well, the, of that game and yeah, how it they tried? To,
0: they tried to control the game, Freo, when they got hold of it. But the, um, Collingwood are too good against that sort of stuff. So, um, look, the reason they're doing this, Freo, because they haven't got a lot of faith in their forward line. So they've got a lot of faith in defence. Justin Longmuir, fantastic at organising defence. Yep. He did the, the pies one and now he's got theirs organised. But when you go... You Walters, who's had a pretty good end of the year. Swiatowski's been injured and in and out, but he's not a real class act. You got a kid, a miss, who looks like he's going to be a really good player. Amos is, yeah, uh, I like uh, the look of uh, him, Amos and he's who
2: they got. He's one of the he's pick eight they got for. He got the yes. Chera, yes, yeah. Uh, Schultz had, like had a good year. Schultz Sh- had a good year. Yeah,
0: Schultz had, a... yeah, but the, they lack a really good small forward, and they lack some class in there. Lob, lobs hot and cold, and, 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 we'll, be gone. and we'll be gone, and will be gone. And the way, I can't believe they're going to lose Griffin Logue. I mean, he's not a naturally um, key forward, but uh, a natural key forward. He's more a natural key back. But um, and he's a competitor. Just, they lack a bit of class in their forward line, so they try to protect it by moving the ball slower. Um, they need to change that next year. Obviously, Tabernas didn't uh, obviously didn't play, yeah. but
2: they they, um, they, they played a little bit set, like Floyd Mayweather box. They made a yeah. the comparison earlier. They don't. Look to swing punt. They don't look to land yeah. hooks. They just jab. They defend yeah, yeah. and jab. Defend and jab. And the, so they got They, the, they, they, they don't got, can't get a knockout. They've got the basics yeah.
0: right now, and they will. It's only onwards and upwards. They've got a heap of depth with their kids, uh, but they prob- they need to find a decent key forward. And um, Amos is a kid for next year, mm-hmm. even and uh, with no lob and probably no log, uh Who knows where Taberner is. Um, they're, they're going to have, still have the same problems next year as I see
2: it. And maybe Acres, and I thought Acres was probably their best. Yes. But just can't get really an good. agreement on the contract and there's mm. other interest elsewhere uh, for mm. him. So Collingwood... Um, is a, is a fascinating one because I talked before about the fact that of the teams remaining, Geelong, Brisbane, Sydney, and Collingwood, three out of the top three uh, out of those teams are top four in average goals per game and top four for inside fifty efficiency. Geelong, Brisbane, Sydney, Collingwood ranked ninth for goals, ninth for inside fifties, and have an inside fifty efficiency rank of sixteen. That is a concern, but Collingwood are doing it in ways that sort of defy our statistical <laughs> logic, aren't they? And you've picked up on one.
0: Uh, what was that again? I was, um
2: Contested ball.
0: Oh yes, okay. So, pressure. so contested ball's been king uh, for a long time, and in fact, if you win the pressure and the contested ball stats, you win nine games out of ten. The games you lose is poor kicking for goal, or you get mm. injuries during a game. Uh, but it was always like, give me contested ball. I'm going to win contested ball. Melbourne won it all year basically. Um, I'm I'm going to ask the question: Is pressure overtaken contested ball as the most important stat in a game? now and and we see the swans swans played a game against uh, the crows where they kicked nine goals in the first quarter had a pressure rating of 300 unheard <laughs> of 300 they yep. could not get they had the ball in their hands for a millisecond and it was good, and they were tackled to their credit the crows they fired back with a 288 in yep. the second quarter and they got within three goals of uh, swans, but to run to, there's, anything over two hundred's great. They had three hundred. This is what this team's capable of. This is going to be, just get your hands on it, and kick it. Don't even think about trying to handball. Uh, look for options. Just get it and get it forward. It's going to be a territory game with massive pressure. And and uh, Collingwood have been fantastic at it all year, and so have
2: the Swans. So when you have a quick look at Geelong and Brisbane. Mm. It, for two weeks in a row, it's especially in first quarters, you've looked at Brisbane and you've watched Richmond and Melbourne be able mm. to pick their way. Th- almost mm. the ball didn't hit the ground going from full back to full forward and chipped. And you thought, oh, that, can Brisbane defend them? We're going to ask the same question again because Geelong are playing a faster brand of footy mm. this year. But we've got about a minute and a half left. Uh, how do you see the game unfolding, Geelong uh, and Brisbane? Brisbane have been all heart in, over the last couple of weeks. And so Geelong have. have uh, Geelong's best has been, I think, competition best this year.
0: Um the, the defence against their attack, so their attack Geelong is obviously outstanding. So, um, uh, and and the the player they miss is Adams because I think Adams probably takes Hawkins any other day, and and um, um, Darcy Gardner's got to play on on Cameron. Um, mm-hmm. They're just in a hard matchup. Who gets Rowan? I think Starcevich will probably get. Uh, would he get Rowan or would he get someone get, like Mize or Close? Maybe, I
2: but I think um, um, Coleman maybe to Stengel. Um, yeah. Oh, Stengel, sorry. No, yeah. Stasovic will get Stengel, Stengel sorry. Starsowicz will get Stengel. He yeah. always gets the best small forward. Yeah, yeah.
0: so um, that's a good matchup for and you Brisbane. And they'll um, put Guthrie on Neil? Uh, oh, absolutely. What, what they did with, uh, they, they used um, Blissar's to, ta- well, to run with the goy. In the final last week, did you notice that he was mm. he was looking after him? So that, they'll use Bliss they'll use the Irish Irishman O'Connor. Um, O'Connor, uh, they use some tags and run with uh, Geelong. So um, interesting to um, see what they do again this week. They definitely, I would have thought, O'Connor goes to. Will you reckon Guthrie or O'Connor goes to Lockie Neal?
2: I think they'll probably use both at yeah. certain times, mm. and I've got about. Forty seconds, mm. but Danaher coming in does it make Brisbane more imposing or does it make them more predictable?
0: I think I think um, more imposing. I mean, he's he he was, oh my God, he was insipid in the ruck <laughs> the previous week against Richmond. Um, he didn't want to be there, but he's just too dangerous a player, Sammy. You got to put a really good player on him, and he's capable of kicking five. In a word, who wins? Um... Swans will beat Geelong. Uh, beat Collingwood will be tight, and uh, Geelong will win easily against, I think, Brisbane. Uh, uh, easily,
2: I think, against Brisbane. Love your work, Matty. Thanks so much for coming in. That's it for the Sporting Capital. Thanks for all your calls. Thanks for all your text. Massive day for the US Open in the men's final. BP's got your first serve covered. On the other side of this.